Truth Is Now podcast. I'm Matt Donnelly. I'm Tim Malloy. Every week on Truth Is Now, we are looking for great ideas that should be turned into stories. We would like your ideas. So if you have any, feel free to at Tim, A-M-O-L-L-O-Y. Or, or at Matt Donnelly, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Yeah, we're both Irish. Also, not just great stories, stories that would be adaptable for film or television or any digital newfangled platform that likes to content stories that could be adapted into content if you want to send it to at the rap t-h-e-w-r-a-p we'd probably get them that way too and to that end an enterprising young man yes with his own podcast called the newsreel who works at the rap came to us with a plan for a film that we cannot a plan for a film a plan for (laughs) That's a little, that was a little An over. idea, a plan for a film sounds like we're, it's a heist. He came to yeah. us with a plan for a film. We're going to get cameras. We're going to get craft services. We're going to shoot the damn thing, <laughs> and then we're going to release it. And we're going to do it. It's the perfect crime. I think it overstates how much of a plan I actually have for yes, this. Yes, it does. I, Brian, our coworker Brian Welk had an idea for our podcast, and it's, it's quite a good one. And young Brian, would you like to tell everyone at home listening what this concept, what this is? Well, thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Uh, this is a pod, uh, an article that I read a few years back in Wired, mm-hmm. which was about a guy who hacked OkCupid in order to find true love. That is awesome. It is awesome. And I envision this as a modern rom-com, and specifically a film, even though TV has actually been pretty good about, about doing doing modern love stuff, but movies really are in need of, of a really good rom-com that kind of fits this norm, I think. They need a good kick in the ass, rom-coms. <laughs> they haven't come up with anything original since you When I Met Sally. We got to hack the rom-com, reboot that rom-com. Well, before we get into what you think it might be, tell us what the story is. Well, this guy, Chris McKinley, he was a, a student at UCLA, a math major, and he was on OkCupid, like a lot of people, and browsing and having bad luck. He was messaging a ton of people, not getting any responses. And eventually he decided to go about it in a different way. And he created different algorithms. He created bots that would allow him to basically access all of OkCupid's data. So he was up against an impossible opponent, and he decided the best way to go about it was to create an army of bots in order to get what he wanted. This is sounding like a sci-fi now. Mm. Wow, it could yeah. never happen. I, I think... No, no offense, but I think you should. We, by the way, can we do full disclosure with our audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we had technical difficulties. We recorded this entire podcast and it didn't work. So we kind of are, are are coming at you with a second round where we've already discussed this. So Tim just jumped ahead because we've already talked about this entire thing and recorded this podcast. For going the bots, <laughs> I'd like to, still es- totally I'd like to fresh. Es- yeah, I'd like to establish a little bit more of the story. Okay. Then this is in 2014, which I think is important right. to say. The guy is doing his dissertation in, in at UCLA where his major is computer engineering or something, and he's basically interacting all day long with a massive supercomputer, and while the computer gestates all the numbers he's put in it, he's surfing OkCupid trying to find a lady friend. And one day it dawns on him, he looks at the OkCupid window open next to the massive computer, and he's like, I know what this needs. Oh, no. I shouldn't be dating like a schmo. I should be dating like a mathematician. So he decides to try to get a leg up in OkCupid by using what he knows about algorithms and computers. And I think it also needs to be said that once thing I learned from reading this entire article, which everyone should, uh, we'll put the name and link in our in our show notes, 
is that OkCupid, okay especially then, I think it has an app now, but it was just a desktop-based user service where they match you with people by answering a series of questions, and I mean hundreds of questions that you can answer to find your more dedicated match. And what was so interesting to me is that someone like Chris found out that like essentially even the questions he thought were important to answer didn't even match with what the women <laughs> who were OkCupid users in Los Angeles even found important. So what, are, what are the genderized questions on OkCupid? Like just other, to clear, yeah, there are like, a ton of bizarre questions. Some of yeah. them are, are completely normal. You know, how soon do you expect to have sex after after you've started dating, or w what interests you in in these dates? And then they go to very specific political ones that are really ripped from the headlines. Do you believe? that abortion should be legal, and then you can rate their, their mandatoriness, like how important they are to you. Because pick it a, is. Pick a helmet <laughs> yeah. for this girl's bike. And um. then there's even, there's even more weird ones that are like uh, IQ questions. Yeah. One is like, steel is to stale as <laughs> 89437 is Whoa. to what? Oh, God. And then rate that in terms of importance. So... I spent 30 minutes on that one when I answered that one. Just right. <laughs> so, uh, wait, you had, and you've answered this yeah, yourself. Yeah, I probably answered 200, 300 questions. It actually tells you the more questions you answer, the more likely you're going to get a, a match or, right. or how, how improved your match is. They said you can't get a match above, say, 97% if you don't answer a certain number of questions. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if you met somebody through this podcast at Brian Welk? Yeah, that, was, okay. that, would be that would be amazing. But wait, fin the story has a the real story has a sort of end. And to your DMs yeah. are open at Brian. Well, oh, that's gross, Tim. Okay. Why'd you make it gross? <laughs> Why is that gross? Someone can just say like, "Hey, is that your slide in those DMs?" Yeah. Um, it's not gross for a nice young lady to like go like, "This guy sounds like he knows what's up." I'm gonna. Send him a nice message. I think, I think you're putting some rose-colored glasses on this whole thing. But I All think right. You know, I think you know what you said. Well, um, I'm looking at a catch. But uh, he ended up segmenting himself, uh, segmenting all these women in Los Angeles into different groups, into different stuff, based on you know, the data that he had extracted. And he was looking at particular subgroups, like, I'm going to look for indie artist types who mm -hmm. have a dog or something. And it was extremely specific, and they all had a, something in common. And he also looked at more creative types who were a little older or worked in, in production or editing or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up going on 80 plus dates, mm -hmm. wow. and which is unbelievable. And and finally, he, he eventually found someone who reached out to him. But because he had matched with so many people and done such a good job kind of optimizing his profile to fit these questions, he was getting people reaching out to him directly, which is kind of rare if you're just a, a straight guy on, on any one of these apps. Not for me. I don't know. I, I used to get a... It's like untrue. Not my experience. Um, I never got and, any... But you, he, got, he got some pushback. Did he not? Didn't he get some... Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, after the article was published, there was a BuzzFeed article that came out that, that basically said this rings of a pickup artist. Yeah, BuzzFeed never reacts to already published articles. <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway. And, and that you know, this, is, this is really... He treats women poorly in a lot of different ways by, by looking it just you can't do this with with math in order to find love and that the where this breaks down is of course how many dates he went on they pointed mm. out if he went on 80 dates then he must be doing something wrong in in the real world but why would that be wrong unless his well 
because I'm assuming the BuzzFeed thinks his intention is to find a partner. But the point is, what if you just want to go on 80 dates? Well, in your life, you'll probably go on 80 dates, but it's like... 80 dates starring a, Drew Barrymore and Adam right? Sandler. What is like a normal number of dates? I guess I've never thought about this. I don't know. I, I, I was just watching Broad City the other day, and, and Abby tells her mom her sex partner number. Mm-hmm. And on the show, it's 32, mm-hmm. and she's only like 27. And I notice I said only, which Whoa. gives you a context clue. Yeah, I say something judgmental every episode, and Tim flags it. Whoa. Um, but I'm like, I'm pro- I, I, I'm trying to do some kind of logistical, like like some kind of comparative math, where I'm like, I don't think 32. Divide how many parties there are in a summer. Divide how well, many times you go skiing with friends. Like divide. Like the so. Bible tells us that yeah. one should first have sexual relations at the age of 21. So that Mary? would be is that true? six. Yeah, it's in it's in Lutheranians. <laughs> it's so twenty one through twenty seven. It's Luther Vandrossians, chapter six. There's a way to make any number sound good or bad. That's true. So, but like, anyway, I, I imagine that it, people I, should get off I that. Would, shit. I would think that his. Yeah, I agree. Not, I'm not being puritanical. I know. I know. I know. I know. Said I know. Tim Malloy. I know. Um, I, I I don't. I think eighty might be a success rate, but then I think the reason that high number they conflate to him wanting to sample God's green earth and, and, and go out with as many women as possible, which is where I see the creative opportunity for any film adaptation. So women are put on the earth for the pleasure oh, of men, Oh, you Matt? said that is I that didn't. Is that what you were? Because that's not something no. that the podcast Why would you, with? first of all, you're in such a bad mood tonight. You that's said not God's even true. green earth. I said sample everything weird. on God's green earth. And by the way, remember, by the way, in the first podcast, yeah. the better one, uh-huh. um, we had this conversation about how we sometimes you say the people I've dated yeah. as, as to sound more mysterious because, yeah. you know, men love to imply they've slept with other men. That's the favorite thing for a straight men to do. Um Hmm. hmm. I feel we've gone off the rails. Well, now. then there's, there's <laughs> even <laughs> one more little chapter to yes, it, go which ahead. was that he ended up responding to BuzzFeed and revealed that BuzzFeed Being like date me. <laughs> BuzzFeed he slid into that writer's DMs, uh, <laughs> but he revealed that BuzzFeed actually offered him a job that they wanted him to incorporate his algorithms into their own system. And he said, "Yeah, no thanks." Yeah. Wow. So. So obviously he's really good at what is what he does. And he has uh, a book out that talks about this. I, I, what's interesting about the whole thing is that it does could potentially ring as creepy if, if you're making a spreadsheet of all the girls you've been with and mm. describing them. That it it really does start to cross a line. Clearly weird. But the the idea of the article is that to to try and just do what you can to to make the most of, of the OkCupid experience or the dating website experience is not so bad because as a, a user, you end up sending so many messages and you follow all the best practices, you take it seriously and you wonder, why isn't this working for me? What am I doing wrong? Why am I not getting people even responding to me? Why do I go on these dates and then nothing happens? Mm-hmm. One point in the BuzzFeed article, they noted that he went on two dates in one day and I'm a 42-year-old married dude. Like, I am so... I've been on two online dates in my life, and they were in, like, 2005. <laughs> and they were two weeks ago. Uh. They were on the same day in 2005. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but why do people go, like, ugh, two dates in one day, but nobody thinks anything of, like, flipping through 100 people on Tinder in a day or having 50 exchanges at once, as this guy was? Well, I mean, clearly people didn't like that he was doing that, but... I think a lot. I think it's fairly common for people to have multiple conversations going on, like Tinder, at the same time with multiple yeah. people. Yeah. Fair. It's a good point. Yeah. 
I just wanted to judge everyone. That's all. Clearly, this is <laughs> not this, me. This is judge this now with Tim Malloy. Not me. Um, <laughs> if you match with me on Tinder, I'm all yours. I'm the only one. Just to let no, not just really. Uh, I, Brian Welk. I think it should be said too. And, and let's let's sort of move into talking about how we see this uh, being adapted. But the, the creepy part, what this guy is guilty of is rejecting the set of rules that OkCupid in their proprietary right has set forth for how he meets women. And he's taken it. I, I don't think he's like misrepresented himself or tried to appear as anything different. He just wanted his own control over how the system, the algorithm, got him closer to the kinds of women he thinks he shares values with. Which also, by the way, is inherently creepy because no one else has the advantage he does to manipulate right. what matches you have. Um, but what I think creatively could be a great movie is it takes a very uncorrupt, incorruptible, uncorruptible, incorruptible, either one, man, to have that kind of access and leverage over, the, the article said there were 80,000 women in Los Angeles at the time who were members of the service, and, and not try to use it for your advantage. So I'd love to see some sort of morality tale, like a love potion number nine kind of story about a nerd who uses his computer and then manipulates potential dates by becoming something they might want or 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 convincing them that the service thinks that he's something they might want mm -hmm. and then and then sort of playing out his own fantasies cuz that to me is like man and machine weird science love potion number 9 kind of d vibe. Uh, there's a couple things here. Mm -hmm. Oh, my mic just did a thing. You guys talk. Okay. Hi. I, Better? Uh, yes. Sorry. I, I have seen this Interestingly, you brought up a good point that he's not misrepresenting himself. He's not Tom Haverford in that episode of Parks, of, and, Rec, of Parks yeah. and Rec where he ends up matching with Leslie Nope because it's his mm. one profile <laughs> out of 26 right. that, that just fits every single person that exactly. could possibly be on there. Uh, I, I, there's a, a recent Portlandia sketch with Rachel Bloom on it where they have this whole NASA-style... Uh, operation going on a command center that helps her date, and, and, and there's a guy in there who's like setting it all up. And he can I just say something? Like, poor Rachel Bloom. Like, can you get a part where you're married? <laughs> like, she is married in real life, right? I don't know, but I hope she is. Like Rachel, I, I think that you're a nice woman, but every single part you get is like, I'm gonna kill myself if you don't love me. Like that's uh. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, step French out. Let's step out. I, I think the thing that bugs me about all of this, and what the the point I'm sort of maybe wandering toward about numbers the judgment like, yeah go ahead yeah the, the judgment the broad city numbers and the notion of like swiping and going on multiple dates in a day in that is that i personally as like an english person or a a <laughs> colonist a person no not an english <laughs> as the irish have a very difficult history with the english um but as a person who is leans more towards words than numbers i think i'm personally like kind of weirded out and offended whenever numbers enter into love like mm. like i and that's strange because i'm sure there's people who think like no no math is beautiful but for me i think i have like kind of an internal prejudice where if somebody's like okay this person needs to make x amount of dollars and i will not go below that number yeah that's or weird. Yeah. or this person we must go on this number of dates blank whatever or um each week or or this person must be this height i just think like what if you put in you know, five foot ten as your as your mandatory height, and the greatest guy in the world is five foot nine yeah. and a half. I was going to say I am a member of this app, this service called the League. Yeah. 
which uses your link. It, you, it somehow draws in your professional data. And I think what it really does is create a composite of who you think you are in the world as a business person and as a like as an affluent person. Mm -hmm. And then it filters somehow your direct work contacts out of it so no one sees you pursuing romance. And then it gives you only three choices a day. Um, and you set parameters. And one of my parameters is no one below 5'11", because that's my hype. But they'll mm -hmm. consistently sneak in a 5'9 or a 5'10 if I think there are overwhelming similarities. I like that. Or compatibilities between the two of us. And I've, I've occasionally said yes to one or two of them. I never met the person, but I've said yes to one or two of them. Well, of um, course. I mean, they were under 5'11. You couldn't like, actually. I'm like, are you, you're basically like a second class citizen. Like, <laughs> which, which level of the boat do you sleep on? Um, My father is 5'10. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, so I'm not going to be your new stepdad, Tim. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. It's not, it's, we'll find another way. We'll find a what third if, way. What if he matches with you on every other way and my mom <laughs> dies? <laughs> then, then yes, after knowing what I know of you. Um, I'd love to be your Please employee, be your employee stepdad. <laughs> will you, will this you took be such a weird turn. Will you be my father? <laughs> it reminds me of this, anyone just Google Jonah Hill, Andy Samberg, I'm dating your dad. Watch it's the, amazing. It's, it's so, so good. Um, but, wow. Uh, so, yeah, and then I will say to our managing editor, Tom Geyer, in New York, shout out to Tom Geyer. What's up, Tom? Managing editor of the rap. Uh, when you said numbers and love, it made me think pivot for one second. Tom read this article, and I, I couldn't, I didn't have the heart to read it because it really just, it, it fucked him up. It devastated him. Someone at the New York Times, I think, wrote something about a calculation of how much actual time you'll have left with your loved ones based on how far they live. Oh, their no. age, if they have yeah. a disease. And like he said, in some cases, it comes out to like days, oh. like 24 days left over the next 30 years. And he's like, it, he's like, I could not, it could not have been a worse time for me to read it. Um, oh. But I feel like in those instances, numbers and love, it might spurn you to take action and spend more time, move closer, yeah. do something else. So anyway, uh, yeah, Brian, you were saying you don't think what he did was creepy, and I agree. Tim, you said numbers and love don't match, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, the way I met my wife is walking up to her in a bar and asking, like, the stupidest question on earth. What did you ask her? I said, have you seen my friends? <laughs> and she said, quite reasonably, I don't know who your friends are or what <laughs> they look like. And then we just started talking. And then, like, a week later, I gave her my email because I was like, she's definitely not going <laughs> to... Call you? Yeah, or like I'm. She's Wait, not gonna, like if you have any chain letters you want to forward me. Yeah, she's like, she's definitely not going to keep in touch with me. I'll make this like as low pressure as possible. So I like we traded emails. She sent me like one email. I sent her like a two sentence. Wait, back. she reached out then. What did her email she say? Like, like hey, hope back. you find your friends that allegedly exist. This is very personal, but what it said Aww. was, um, I was covering the Michael Jackson trial at the yeah. time. I was about to, and she sent me an email like. Hey, hope you have fun moonwalking across the judge's, the judge's desk. Or That's really like that. flirty and cute. And Good job, Deirdre. It, it wasn't. She's the fucking best. She's the absolute best. Um, but we ended up having all this like weird stuff in common. But mm -hmm. like we might not have even found ourselves on a dating Both app because I'm too walkers. short for her. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You're too short for her. No, I'm You're tall. Tim's very tall. FYI. I'm six. We're the same height. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay. Brian, how tall are you? Six foot. Yeah. Hey, we're a top oh. podcast. Everyone's like, I'm 5'11". Good for you two. Fuck off. Hey, it's all the same. And it I, I have same. terrible posture. I'm six, I'm six on a good day. You are? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I don't... 
I don't know. I'm wary of numbers. I'm a little scared. I always feel like numbers are going to work against me because I am bad at math. Yeah, oh, I'm terrible at math. I, I think all this stuff, though, ends up just factoring into what would make it an interesting film and, and story because there is no right answer to it. I mean, that's what love is. That's the whole thing. Um, when you're on any of these apps, yeah, you, you filter in different things. The, the theory behind it is, oh, well, now I can meet anyone in Los Angeles. But yeah. you end up putting a five-mile radius on it and you say, I'm just going to, I don't want to have to go too far. I don't want to have to be, you know, show me people who like this very specific thing. And I could search by a keyword or something like that. Or a, as you said, with, with the, the Tinder, it's just all I really want to do is just swipe through a bunch of images. Yeah, yeah. when I first started, when I downloaded it, and I, I, like, I, I don't think, I think we're past a point in like life when you have to say, like, oh, I've decided to online date. I think that's totally, at least for people my age and younger, and probably much more for people younger than I am. Um, like, it's not a decision. It's how you people interact now. It's yeah, how they totally. find each other. But when I, when I first started down, when I first got Tinder, I remember... The only thing I thought, and, and this is how I treated it, was that this is a this is a video game. It's a game. It's a mobile game like Candy Crush. There are two buttons <laughs> and there's one photo, and I get it's to the next level depending on which decision I make, or I get to a new game, what decision I make, and I never took it seriously. But um, I have a friend who's a love and life coach named Francesca Hoagie, who I'm obsessed with, who actually um, wrote a review for the wrap of Black Mirror's Hang the DJ episode, which is all about app dating, by totally. the way, really. Um, if you haven't seen it, sorry, I kind of spoiled it for you. But um, No, that doesn't ruin yeah, it. No, it doesn't. That. And she said a really important thing, which I think is for anybody, is that you, you get out what you put into it. So you mm -hmm. have to really be thoughtful, really be willing to fail, be willing to have a lot of conversations, um, you know, treat it like something you take seriously if that's what you want. And then the other very practical tip is, is that the algorithms age very quickly, so you should consistently be deleting and re-uploading your profile because then you go to the top of the batch. That's just, that feels like math working against you. Yep. And every un, and all of us, I'm not saying like. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a slot machine. It gives you an endorphin rush whenever yeah. you get that hit, whenever you get that match. Oh, yeah. Matching is like, boom. N now there's I new apps. One I, a different one I'm using, we actually wrote about it. Someone, did, uh, Sean did for the. The Trump the one? Rap. Uh, no, a different one before <laughs> that. Like, if you literally are about to say you're using the Trump No, one, no. Like, this is the next oh, step. I'm, I'm, I'm next going to be on Farmers <laughs> Only. The, Farmers Only was my go-to one. We'd like to uh, lift our endorsement like, of Brian's... Uh, a Shoot This Now update episode. Brian's Found Love is from the Trump app. What? Like, go ahead. Sorry. That's cool. You are from Milwaukee, Minnesota. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> oh. You just did every Midwestern Same city. Diff. <laughs> Kansas City, Omaha, Nebraska, not California. Where they drink regular soda and the planes fly ahead. Yeah, like above, brother. It's called pop. <laughs> I'll have you know. A good Midwestern boy. Uh, Salt of the earth. He's six feet tall. Yeah. At Brian He's got not jokes. on Trump. Dating. <laughs> anyway, what's the, what's it called? The the service. Uh, Hinge. Hinge. Which is it, it very. It's similar. You still have six photos, and you still are looking at different, but you can actually, you, you can like a particular photo or you can comment on one someone's answer to a question. So you're responding to something different and it's not giving you that, that same like mm. immediate reaction of, oh, I just got a match. I'm uh, where you're, I, I'm on, you, I think I really should delete my Tinder or Bumble profile. And then re-upload it. Yeah, and yeah. re-upload yeah. because I'm at the point now where I'll be swiping and it'll show me 
you have no matches ahead ahead of you. Like I picture them giving you like a librarian who's forty and Modesto. Like this is Helen, Brian. Do you like Helen? Um, a forty-year-old librarian in Modesto. Yeah, go ahead, Tim. Why? No, why would that be bad? Like, though? no, this, but this like, is, because this is where I'm at. I've Brian's run out of twenty all something. The other Brian's twenty something in the heart of Los Angeles. Like, so instead of like someone who's three blocks away, like the, when the algorithm ages, I see it tr- like cranking out the least compatible farthest away. Well, if we're taking away points for Modesto, we're doing you know numbers what? again. See, Tim no, no, is no, I'm, I'm going to say something I'm really not. disparaging. I'm not. Listen, forty-year-old librarian from Modesto. I love. I love you. We're ages neutral. If we're going to take away Modesto for distance, I understand. Doesn't librarian get like a lot of like curve? Like, don't you definitely give somebody added Unless points? Unless you're like for a Margot like... Robbie sexy librarian from an SNL. No, sketch. librarian's a cool job. It is. A... Why he thinks I'm like the most shallow? No. <laughs> um, no. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, <so> we <laughs> talked about how we would cast this. Yes. Um, a so little by, bit. And I think we all I, we've all had our different ideas, but I think what we decided on ultimately for it to be the, the cheeky. Rom-com reboot. It should be someone who uses this to go on a bunch of dates, a montage of dates, because as we've discussed, the, mon- the greatest thing. nothing better yes. in the movies than someone going on a series of dates, as we learned from Coming to America. Except for, yes, Coming to America. Except, except for, for one thing I'll, I'll make a dispensation for. If there is a dressing room montage where many clothes are tried on and a song plays and you get to be 17 different characters in one, I'll love the movie The Sweetest Thing. It is the most Amen. delightful Incredible. Amen. Yeah, it is. Trying on personalities. By the way, major problem with Phantom Thread. Yeah. No 80s music montage. No 80s. On no, no. There's a general lack of fun in that whole thing. <laughs> Even when they're driving fast, no one's smiling. <laughs> they're speeding through the British countryside in a little Porsche Roadster, and no one's having Johnny any Green fun. Johnny Greenwood tinkered with that. I asked them about that. It was like, well, yeah, I was listening to Glenn Gould and yeah. old Bach recordings and, and Duran Duran. Clearly, no. Why, did I'm you kidding. you interviewed Greenwood? Yes, for, nice. for the Rap Magazine. I love him and I love yeah. that score so yeah. much. I could it's that great. score could like take me to my grave, honestly. Um, so Not to make it dark, but anyway, we agree that it has to be. That's like so dating montage, but the way so it doesn't feel like he's manipulating anybody. There would have to be a gorgeous but glasses wearing UCLA female student who sees the game he's pushing and then ultimately those two get together. Right. So right. we think that he's going to end up with one of these many women who he goes on the montage of But dates really. With, but he's got a booth a la Scott and Teen Wolf yes. who's been by his side all this time and right. they belong together. And maybe she's even helping him do the algorithm. Yes. Uh, and then maybe she's running a, a job within a job where she's actually scamming him. She's a journalist for the school paper. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> totally is. The da- the bugler reportaler or the, whatever they're the called. Rory Gilmore. Shout the out Daily Bruin. Oh my god. Um, no, that's UCLA. The school I thought it was UCLA. It is UCLA. That's oh the Daily Bruin is UCLA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then what's the mascot of the USC people? They're the Trojans. Neon Tommy or something. Oh yeah. Trojans. He yeah, went there. We, yeah. Okay. Tro- Trojans and we have Neon. Gotcha, Tommy. gotcha. I don't do. I'm not into colleges. Or Daily Trojans. Um, yeah. Can Can I say something real quick? Yeah. My favorite type of movie of any kind is when someone has to go undercover, and then they like go. They like really get into it, so yeah. it's like they like go undercover in the mafia, and they're like, "These mobsters are super cool." They got the job right. It's well, kind of like the laziest version of that I've ever seen is Black Mass. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. The second and third acts is Joel Edgerton somehow easily stalling the cops when he's like, I just want to throw a couple more barbecues for him. Is that a big deal? Uh, We're close to something. He provides no information. There's nothing good coming in. They just hang out and do drugs and and employ hookers that, for two hours. That is such a layup of an easy movie. Yeah. Like, and they did not do it right. gold, and that movie is terrible. So terrible. So boring. Only good thing is the end when he's in the, in the sweatsuit. So, like, in my anyway. dream version of this movie, the guy meets somebody pretty early, and it works mm. out perfectly. And then, of course, there's got to be the scene where she realizes, like, what? You have, like, 50 online bot profiles, and yes. that's how you found me? Mm. And then they have to, like, work things yeah. out. Or it's like, or it's like um, she goes to his house, and, like, the movie that they shared as a favorite movie is still in the cellophane. Oh. Or, like... The favorite book of his has a. She finds a receipt for it from three days ago. Like some, something like context clues that he's gaming her. Can I, can I tell you guys something terrible? Yes. Oh no. I wrote a book. You did know? Yeah, you did write a book. I'm proud of you for that. There is literally a thing where that exact same thing happens. Are you serious? I'm so transparent. It's such a bad writer. <laughs> where the guy, the guy gets with a woman by like saying that his favorite book is, um, is To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Um, because her name's Harper, and her parents named her after oh, nice. Harper Lee, mm-hmm. and, and it comes out that he hasn't actually read. My book is just like this device <laughs> Wait, in like how five come different ways. My fine. How come my suggestion that means you're a bad writer and transparent? Because like y- the first thing you came up with is like, <laughs> the, you know, the hackiest thing you could ever do. You know, the lamest, dumbest device. You're I like, actually think I'm the bad I version. Think I'm thoughtful. I think that was a thoughtful <laughs> response to like, I'm like you know what the low hanging fruit would be. Get the receipt for the book, um, Tim. No, don't use an excuse to to self to to self deprecate. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So we, I think we landed on. We talked about a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what Silicon Valley? What's his name again? Thomas Middleton. Middleton seems like way too easy for this, and probably a hair too old. Because he's kind of played this before. He kind of. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of played. No offense, we love you, Middleton, but he's I love awesome. you, but I think you play this a lot. Um, <clears throat> Alex Wolf is his name, mm-hmm. and he is the nerd in. Well, he's the nerd in everything, but he's the nerd in Jumanji, who cool. winds up getting the avatar of The Rock to fulfill his fantasy. So in a way, he and The Rock have played the same part, which is amazing. Awesome. He's also going to be in an upcoming movie that you will all be talking about soon enough called Hereditary which is supposed to be a horror classic a la Rosemary's Baby and they're wow. already talking about Tony Collette for Best Actress and it's from A24 so they're gonna it, it'll be in your life very soon nice um, and then for the girl I think we all had different ideas but I only said just because I'm speaking I only said um, if you ask me who could be proficient in technology but also lovable and unpredictable as a female let's heroine, say she it would lives be, on a pile of vibranium and she has like cool posters and artwork up in her laboratory where she produces she has two huge gloves shaped like panthers that shoot stuff at you. It's Letitia Wright. She'd, She'd totally be the female love interest. Alex Wolf and Letitia Wright. And we decided that Aaron Sorkin should do the adaptation. But everyone else speak. What do you think? I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's a layup. Sounds perfect. And Tim <laughs> said Liz Merriweather of TV's New oh, Girl yeah. should direct because that would balance Alan, Aaron Sorkin's hammy monologues mm-hmm. and penchant as the French say, Ooh. for making everything quite serious when conversations about algorithms need a little spice. And we'll yeah. get Rachel Bloom in there somewhere as well. Yes, Rachel. No, you're Rachel. I promise you, if someone makes this, we'll cast you as like the married computer professor. Or you and your wow. husband teach the dissertation class for, not that you need a husband to teach it, but you know what I mean. We will telegraph you that you're married. You and your husband teach it? Yeah. They teach it together. Yeah. Because they found themselves in a normal way, not, no, I'm just kidding, I'm so kidding. They had only slept with another 10 people, got married, 
at when they met at a bar and emailed about Michael Jackson and no normal people who are acceptable, right, Tim Malloy? I can't confirm or deny any of those <laughs> facts. Um, and I think that's gold. And what we we came up with some titles. I think well, oh, the, yeah. well, I think Love Hack was the one. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's the lifetime easily sellable version. And then we also came up with, oh, that's so something a man would do. <laughs> was another of our titles. And and you wow. said okay computer. Okay computer, mm-hmm. which I thought was, and then Tim was like, no. What was your reason? Because it's not okay computer. <laughs> Bad computer. Um, we brought it back to Johnny Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Radiohead's Johnny Greenwood. I'm sure Radiohead will gladly endorse this move. What I really think has happened is that there's been a gas leak at the rap, and we all passed out 15 minutes ago, and this is all happening in a dream of mine. I like it. And the guy last week who we did shout out, who came up with the theory that the entire world ended 20 years <gasps> yes, ago. Yes. Uh, Oliver Willis. Oliver. Well, hi, Oliver. Yeah. It was a great theory. Yeah. Um, no, I would watch this. I would watch... Love hack. I would be all about it. Yeah. 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 And then you would go to some like small cafe afterwards with your wife, and you guys would get some kind of shareable plate of Irish nachos, and you'd be like, numbers and love don't match. And she'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about, funny boy. And then it would make everyone just the, it would make the world love each other just a little bit more. Yeah, everything there was accurate except the part where she said I was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Um, I th- we talk about her all the time on this podcast. So she, I, it's proof that she doesn't listen to it, or else you'd get like phone calls about it. No, I tell, no her, I tell her every reference of it because I love her. You like her a lot. D- die for her. She's the best. If if Brian met her, you'd like yeah. her. Speaking of Brian, cool. Brian, if this if we gave you ten seconds, I just said it so dismissively, like I love her. Yeah, I'm and she's fine. Guy. She's the you just, best. And you just got married. Be a little more excited. She's the flat out best. Brian, I wish you we were here you... now instead of <laughs> someone else in the room who isn't Brian Welk. If we gave you 10 or 15 seconds for an audio profile, mm-hmm. who, what are you looking for out there in this, in this game? I'm looking for someone who loves movies, who loves concerts. Nice. Who, who likes discussing politics, mo- pop culture, just is just curious about stuff and it has a deep interest in something. And and I can share that with that person. That's so beautifully said. Yeah. 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 Put a lot of thought into this. You said deep interest in something, and then I just took a huge marker and just crossed out Los Angeles. Like, I just was like, <laughs> no, no, no. Modesto, here comes Brian here Welk. Here comes Brian Welk. Coming in hot. <laughs> Any closing thoughts? Uh, this has been great, and I never want to date again. And I just want to take my like. It's very daunting. So you're an intrepid young man. I just work. I just don't yeah. do it. But yeah. I'm getting up there. It, th- this has come to me. This idea after a ton of failure on my own part. You know, just of going through all these different dating apps and and trying. And I feel like I, I haven't hit eighty yet, but I've kind of lost count. <laughs> you're not alone. Mm-mm, not um, nearly. I met the missus when I was 30 years old. Um, three zero or three eight? Three, three zero. Huh. Um, I had a string of unsuccessful stuff before that. And in the words of the great Dan Savage, um, now I'm going to misquote him. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but every relationship is an unsuccessful relationship until one isn't. Every That's relationship fails true. until one doesn't. Amen. Dan Amen. Savage, you should be the king of us all. I love you. Yeah, we should. All right, right, everyone. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.